Hi there and welcome to this special Grand National edition of the Gambler Racing Podcast in association with Who Knows Wins. I'm Jim Delahunt, guesting on the podcast once again today. I'm joined by the voice of value, Paul Gallagher, and we're going to look forward to a fantastic weekend of steeplechasing and hurdling and some bumpers at Entry Racecourse. The Grand National coming up on Saturday. It's Masters weekend at the golf as well, but it's the Grand National for us here on the Gambler Racing Podcast. And Paul, we're looking forward to a terrific three days racing. Yeah, I can't wait for it, Jim. Um, great to have you along again. Um, it's beginning to feel like a regular now. I think we'll have to start calling you a guest. <laughs> uh, no, it, it looks it looks like it's it looks like it's going to be some fantastic fare. Um, and particularly tomorrow and Thursday's racing looks really good quality. And of course, we've got what surely is the biggest uh, jumps race in the world on Saturday, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah, slightly down in value for obvious reasons. I mean, a lot of the racing at the moment is uh, slightly down in value in terms of the prize money. We blame it on COVID. There may be other reasons, but that's for another podcast, perhaps. But uh, the Randolph's Grand National run at 5.15 this year, a maximum 40 runner field, £750,000 in the prize pot. And Paul, really, for many people, it's all about the favourite cloth cap, trained by John Joe O'Neill and due to be ridden by Tom Scudamore. Yeah, you can you can totally understand um, why he's now so short in the market. Um, I, actually, without blowing my own trumpet, I tipped him up on, on Mr. Fixit's uh, site just before he ran at Kelso. I had a eureka moment. I realised if this horse runs anything, uh, any sort of decent race, he's going to he's going to really uh, contract in price. So I put a tip up. I backed it myself, and thankfully a few people followed me. He's now, I think, unbackable um, at, at the price, you but bitch. he ran really well that day. Yeah. He, re- he really is very short now, but uh, he, he might, I mean, there, there, have been, there has been money for one or two horses over the past couple of days. He might drift out to five to one, but I think the, the, the clever money is that he'll probably go off seven to two, four to one uh, on the day. I, I don't think it's as clear cut as, uh, as everybody seems to think. I think there's five or six horses with, with a decent chance of getting involved uh, in this uh, four and a quarter mile contest as it is now. Cloth cap, obviously very well handicapped. He'd have another stone if the handicapper had another stab at this. But uh, John Joe O'Neill uh, knows all about problems with well handicapped horses in the Grand National. He rode one called Alverton many years ago, which had just won the Gold Cup. It looked like the biggest certainty under the sun and, of course, came down at Beechers. But uh, he has won a Grand National and he has won uh, a Grand National in the not too distant past back in 2010. Uh, John Joe knows what it takes to train a horse to win the Grand National, but he'll know as well as we do, Paul, that there there have to be dangers in this race. There have to be in a forty runner field. Yeah, that's the that's the problem uh, when it comes down to um, the, it, it's it's really a, pr- a question of price. Cloth cap might look like the best on paper, but it's it's so difficult to get around. And also, we don't know for certain that he's going to stay four and a bit miles. You know, it's it's, it's four miles too far longs here. It's not as quite as long as it used to be. The fences aren't quite as high as they used to be. Um, but it's still a real stamina test and jumping test. And we can't we can't say for with any certainty that any of these horses will get round. So when you start looking at prices like seventy two, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we, we, we can't say with any certainty at all, but we, we do know that a few of them are good jumpers. We do know that a few of them have a track record over a distance of ground. And the one that, I mean, just to get straight to it, the one that really appeals to me in this race this weekend is the Ted Walsh trained any second now. It's going to be one of, I think, seven 
uh, horses which will carry the colours of J.P. McManus on Saturday. It's going to be ridden by Mark Walsh. Now, that doesn't mean to say that Mark's had the pick of the seven because one or two of the English-trained runners, they have their own jockeys and their, their trainers have their own preferred jockeys. But Mark Walsh certainly has chosen to ride any second now in terms of the Irish contingent. And uh, Ted Walsh, he had this horse absolutely spot on for the race last year. Won a grade three, I think it was at Nace, over two miles just to tune him up. He's done the same thing this year. He waited till the weights were out. Did absolutely nothing before the weights were out. But once the weights were out, any second now, popped up at Navin over two miles and ran the best race of his career on the figures. He's in with 10 stone nine. I actually think he could easily have run here with 11 stone one and 11 stone two and still had a winning chance. But 10 stone nine is a terrific weight for a horse very much in form. Ted Walsh won the race back in 2000 or 2001, I think it was, with Papillon, ridden by Sun Ruby. Uh, Mark Walsh, the jockey, no relation. Don't be confused by that. Absolutely no relation to Ted and Ruby and Katie, if you want to throw in uh, Katie, who finished third on Seabass a few years ago. That's still the best position by a female rider. Could be overtaken by Rachel Blackmore, of course. We'll come on to that. We'll come on to Rachel's ride in a minute. But any second now, I think, will be trained to the absolute minute for this race. Although he's shown two-mile form recently, he won over three and a quarter miles at Cheltenham just two years ago. He's got the stamina. He's got the pace. I think he's got a trainer who knows what he's talking about when it comes to the big races. Trains a pretty small string in the greater scheme of things, Ted Walsh, but a very select string. And this horse has been trained especially for the race. And I'll tell you what as well, Paul, Ruby fancies it. Yeah, I, th I think... Um... Ted Walsh, if you if you check the encyclopedia under Shrewdy, I think you'll find a picture of Ted <laughs> Walsh in there. He, he knows what he's doing, um, and, and I think you're quite right when you look at not just this season, but last season as well. The horse was laid out for this race, um, the corresponding fixture, which was obviously cancelled last year. So I, I absolutely wouldn't put you off uh, any second at all. I think he's got, he's got a huge chance, um, and he's, he's a bit better value. Um, than cloth cap in terms of in terms of price. Um, I've got a few I like other than than cloth cap. I can't I can't come on the podcast now and tip them up at the current price. Um, there's one I wonder what you think um, of this one, a capella bourgeois, um, who is another Irish trained horse. Uh, Willie Mullins trains. I thought a capella bourgeois now 11 year old 11 years old, so perhaps not necessarily going to find much improvement. I think on his best form, he's got a shout. Um, Burroughs Saint is a, a much shorter price in the market, um, obviously for winning that Irish Grand National um, in 2019. Acapella Bourgeois was third that day, not beaten a mile. Um, and he's, he, he actually beat Burroughs Saint again there last time out and looked really impressive that day. On first glance, you maybe think, uh, Acapella needs uh, needs softer ground, but if you dig back into his form, he's got plenty of form on a good and, and sort of good to yielding, as the Irish call it. I thought Acapella Bourgeois was a very big price uh, as a sort of lively outsider. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all, Paul. I mean, I, I've learned over the years not to rubbish anything in the Grand National, having laid my son once, Mon Moam, at 100 to 1, thinking <laughs> it had absolutely no chance. Uh, but uh, Acapella Bourgeois for Willie Mullins, yes, I, I know that Willie has mentioned this horse in dispatches. Uh, you also mentioned his other runner, uh, Burrow Saint, uh, which I saw, now when was it? It was Hogmanay 2019, I think it was, and it actually won a race at Fairy House. I was there 
uh, and it won under Rachel Blackmore. Now, I've got a feeling that Rachel might have been offered the ride on this, but she has chosen to ride one further down. I think it's for her own stable, Henry de Bromhead's Manila Times, another J.P. McManus horse. So I certainly would not uh, rubbish that a cappella bourgeois shout at all, Paul. I think it must have an excellent chance. Uh, Burroughs Saint, I couldn't rule out either. Uh, Manila Times, um, since we've mentioned Rachel Blackmore, I mean, what do you think of the horse's chance? I mean, we know the jockey is more than capable and the horse will get an absolutely terrific ride. But what about Manila Times itself? Uh, my feeling on it is that perhaps in terms of the, the value, I think that the value may have gone now that Rachel's been uh, Rachel's been sort of announced as yeah. the jockey. Um, I, the quick question for me is, does the horse want this trip? Is it, is it an out-and-out stare? Um, it's hard to tell, obviously, until you know they, they have a try at it. I, I think there's too many question marks for me. Um, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd sort of let... I'd, I think I would let the horse run um, at its current price, unbacked. But I can't, you know, with, with the the momentum that Rachel's got, and obviously De Bromhead as well, he's had a fantastic spring. Um, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to see them win, would you? No, you would not. And I'm with you on the value. The value's gone, but I do think that Manila Times will run a big race, and I will not be at all surprised if uh, there are a lot of people shouting for Rachel Blackmore as they hit the elbow. Um, but in, in terms of my betting, I'm on any second now. Uh, I'm on at reasonable odds. I probably won't back it again because I suspect it will go off about eight, nine to one on the day. Uh, Ted Walsh's horses do tend to be well backed, uh, not just in the national, but in, in many races. Uh, in fact, I saw a horse on the flat the other night, uh, Duke Up, backed into favourite for a maiden at Gowran Park. Didn't do anything, but they were certainly confident that that would run a big race. Uh, up at the top, Bristol Demai. Now, this horse is an absolutely superb jumper of a fence. I just think, Paul, his day has possibly been in terms of the Grand National because everybody knows how good he is now and he's lumbered with 11 stone 10. Yeah, it's a big ask to carry top weight um, in any Grand National. Um, the slightly better ground helps as a sort of weight carry. In terms of weight carrying, you don't want that. You don't want a bog if you're carrying so much weight. But then equally, Bristol's best form tends to be on heavy ground, doesn't it? Or at least at least something with a bit of giving it. Is he a Hedog specialist? That sort of that argument sort of can go back and forth. I think if he gets into a nice rhythm, as you say, he's a cracking jumper. He's, he'll be fairly prominently positioned. I think Daryl will have him, you know, close to the front. And I, I think he'll, he'll give him a couple of good spins round for the first second circuit, maybe. And then I suspect they'll just be better handicapped horses might just go past him. Um, but yeah, and I could see him. I could see him giving Daryl a good spin. Yeah, it's going to be a it's going to be a fascinating race. Let's get to the nitty gritty, Paul, because uh, we're going to give our one two three for the national uh, right now. Um, one, one I would like to mention just before I do that is Kimberlite Candy because, I, yet again, another J.P. McManus runner trained by Tom Lacey, who I'm not convinced is in 100% working order that yard at the moment. But Kimberlite Candy, I fancied this horse for the race last year. The race obviously didn't happen. I just worry that it's a year too late for Kimberlite Candy, despite the fact he's only nine. I do think it will run in the top four, top six. But in terms of the one, two, three, and we'll come to you right now, Paul, what do you reckon is going to be the one, two, three in the national on Saturday? Well, it's it's almost impossible to pin it down, isn't it? I think if you if you did, if you did ask me to pick three, um, and not too concerned about price, I think Clothcap will be in that top three. I have to say that I do think he's got he's got a favourites chance. Um, 
the, the two that I would then put in with him at better value are probably Acapella Bourgeois, who I mentioned. Um, I toyed with any second now as well, but I might actually just pass him over in favour of Magic of Light, the mayor, um, who, as you'll remember, ran a fantastic second to Tiger Roll in the race, did, in the yeah. last renewal race. Um, I just think, I don't think this is as strong a race as that was two years ago. Uh, I don't think there's as much quality and strength and depth. And I think Magic of Light might run into a place. Um, but the top two I would go for are a cloth cap and a cappella bourgeois. I should also give a mention, I I. I spoke to uh, select a bit when we did our podcast last week and I mentioned Lord Dominil who I've backed at 33 to 1. The One of the forecasts I was looking at was rain and I thought we might end up with soft ground here. Doesn't look like that's going to happen so I'm slightly disappointed in that. I think if there was a bit of rain and there was a bit of soft on the ground that Lord Dominil would have a fantastic chance but I'm passing him over on, on that basis. Well, I, I'd love to give a huge outsider, but I'm not going to because I can't find one. And I really do think that any second now has a terrific chance of winning on Saturday. That's going to be my number one selection. I am going to leave Cloth Cap out of my top three. And I'll tell you why. Because two years ago, I was at air when this horse ran in the Scottish Grand National off one three four, and couldn't win it. And it looked for all the world with about a bit of circuit to go that Cloth Cap was going to absolutely hose up. He could only manage third. I wondered then if he got four miles, and I have to wonder that now. So we'll find out on Saturday. But I'm going to leave Cloth Cap out of my top three, and I'm going to go for any second now to win. Manila Times to be second, and for Rachel Blackmore to become the highest-placed jockey in Grand National history in terms of female riders. And I'm going to go for Bristol Demai to stagger into third place. So there we go. Brilliant. So uh, don't forget to check out the Who Knows Wins app where there are daily competitions during the Grand National Meeting. And of course, you can create your own competitions to compete against your mates as well. So head over to your app store and search Who Knows Wins to download the app. Now, Paul, we'll come back to the rest of Saturday's card in a little while. But of course, day one is, of course, the Thursday meeting, which features one race over the Grand National Fences, that is the Fox Hunters Chase, which is run at five past four. But the meeting starts with an absolutely fantastic Manifesto Novices Chase, grade one race over two and a half miles. I'll say it right now, this, if everything goes well for Paul Nichols on Thursday, he could have the day of days. And he starts off with a favourite here, Paul and Hitman. Yeah, he's got he's got a huge chance. Um, I, I wonder whether uh, Nichols has sort of almost written off Cheltenham this, this season. He's struggled the last few years, and I see him more and more targeting the Aintree meeting rather than Cheltenham. <clears throat> Excuse me, and it looks like he's uh, it looks like he's doing the same here. Um, Hitman does have a favourites chance. Um, I think there's there's three or four that have got a really good shout. Um, the shunter was just so impressive at the festival. This is obviously now a step up into into um, grade one company, so it's, he needs to improve again. But he won that race so well, almost on the bridle, that I think he might have that that in him. Um, in terms of backing something, um, unfortunately we're down to seven runners, so there's not really an each-way angle. Um, but what I thought was perhaps overpriced and, and worth a small win bet, for an interest in the race was Umbrigado um, from David Pipeyard. That's the one I fancied um, just in a, in a wide open race to perhaps um, outrun um, his odds. He performed really well last time out at Newbury. 
he's been given an extra couple of weeks um, rest compared to those that ran at Cheltenham, which I think um, can be quite helpful. Um, and he looks like a, a really good quality, improving novice chaser, and I think um, could, could run really well. But as you say, I'm really looking forward to this. It looks a fantastic renewal. Paul, on the basis that uh, great minds think alike and fools seldom differ, uh, I am <laughs> right with you there on Umbregado. Uh, I've had this one marked out for quite some time uh, because I know that uh, David Pipe decided to bypass Cheltenham. He was in two handicaps at Cheltenham. He bypassed both of them. He's waited for this race. I think he'll be a fresh horse. I think he was on the upgrade the last time we saw him. I think it was at Newbury. And uh, David Noonan gets on very well indeed with the horse. No question that uh, Tom Scudamore would have ridden this one. Uh, so Noonan on Umbregado for Pipe. I'm with you and I think we could get about 10 to 1. It's a shame there's not eight runners. You're right. Uh, but uh, Umbregado, I think, is a value bet. This mild May course at Entry can throw up some strange results. I don't think this would be a strange result, but I think it's a perfectly feasible result despite the slightly better-looking form of some of his rivals. So I'm, I'm with you on that one, Paul. Umbregado for both of us, Paul and Jim, in the 145 entry on Thursday. Now, the second race is the juvenile huddle for the four-year-olds, obviously. I've got a sneaking suspicion, Paul, that 5 and 20 could run well, getting this now notorious £7 mayor's allowance. What do you think? Yeah, there's something to be said for that, um, and and it's it seems to be making a big difference, um, particularly in the sort of high quality championship races where we're seeing a lot of the mayors come to the fore. Um, so the, the, the mayors' allowance is, is is definitely having an impact. I just wonder whether five and twenty is quite good enough. Uh, I think the guys at Midland Park are fantastic. Um, I, had, I had a share in one of their horses actually until until very recently when he had to be retired through injury, and they, and they run a great. Uh, on a great ship there, and um, so I wish them all the best. I, I just wonder whether um, the class of the top two in the market um, will come to the fore here. Um, Mon Morale, uh, we, we touched on Paul Nichols earlier, I think he's got a huge chance. He's been, I think, put, put aside for this. Um, and yeah, I think you know, should run really, really well. I must say, at the prices, I thought of the two, Adagio was a slightly better price. He was, um. <laughs> There was, I think, five to two about this morning. Unfortunately, that's been trimmed in now. And we're looking at, I think, best price thirteen to eight. Um, I thought he might actually end up going off favourite. Adagio, um, all in. I think it's probably a race out. I'll have a watch and brief in. I don't think I'll have a strong bet in it. Um, I would, I would have been interested in Adagio at those bigger prices, but they, they seem to have gone now. Um, so perhaps five and twenty is the way to go, as you say. I mean. 12 to 1 across the board in a, in a six-runner race. That's pretty impressive when she's getting that, that mirrors allowance. Yeah, I wouldn't be heavily involved in this one, but I do have a small, small interest on 5 and 20 at the prices with the mirrors allowance. Uh, we'll see how that race pans out. The Betway Bowl is the big grade one over three miles at 2.50. Fascinating contest, this, Paul, given that Tiger Roll runs here. Well, we've known he's not going to be he wasn't going to be going for the Grand National for quite some time, but there was a possibility he would have gone for the Irish National on Monday just past. But he is going for this Grade 1, ridden by Jack Kennedy. Uh, fascinating to see just exactly how good he is, given that the O'Leary's dispute his handicap mark. But really for me, and I know you might put up one or two others here, Paul, but for me, this is all about waiting patiently in Brian Hughes. If ever he is going to win a big race, a Grade 1, he has absolutely everything going for him in this three-mile, one-furlong, round-the-mile May fences with Brian Hughes in his back. What do you think? 
it's an interesting angle. I mean, uh, the emphasis on uh, if he's ever going to win a race, you just feel like you've we've been waiting more than patiently for him to win, uh, <laughs> and it just it hasn't happened. No doubt, a class horse. Um, at one point, I think was was touted for uh, for the Gold Cup at one stage, if, if I remember correctly, a couple was, of years yeah. back. Yeah, um, you know, there's no doubt a great level of ability there. I just wonder whether his his time has has come and gone. Um, I think it, this is a brilliant race. Um, I just you can you can have a you could probably have a debate about every runner in this race and and you know the, yeah. the pros and cons. Uh, and I, I give most of them a chance. Um, I was sort of I, I'm not sure about Clan Desobo. I think if the, the the sort of top quality clan turns up, then should win this race. Um, but he didn't I? I was at entry for this fixture last year. No, it couldn't be last year. Two years ago, um, and a brilliant day out. And men won this race by an incredible uh, distance. It was just the most incredible performance. But in Clan finished second, and I, I think he just didn't run his race. I, I'm not sure whether he doesn't like the track or whether he doesn't like going left-handed. Um, I, that would that would give me a concern, and I wouldn't want to back him at particularly short prices. Tiger Roll, I don't think, wants regulation fences. I think Tiger Roll wants the Grand National and he wants the uh, the, the, the cross-country, which is where he's excelled over the last three or four years. And unfortunately, for reasons I, I, I think can probably be put down to pig-headedness, we're not going to see him. So I think that's a real shame. Uh, so I pass him over as well. Um, again, I've got one here that I saw this morning, Clondor Castle was 8-1, to one. I thought that was decent value that's that's evaporated a bit now looks like best price 13-2 to two. Um, that's a bit neat for a, a horse that's not really contended in a, in a grade 1 before so it would be a big ask for him to step up um, likewise Mr Fisher um, I think I think actually in the fullness of time Mr Fisher might want 3 miles but I'm not sure that it's this race uh, at this time he had a really tough race at Cheltenham um, and hit a few uh, hit a few fences and I think that may have left its mark so I would I would actually if I owned the horse would give him a bit of a bit of a rest uh, rather than running him here um, I thought Aso might have had a better chance than 50-1 to 1 suggests as a, as a complete outsider I, I think Ace was a great horse and generally runs his race probably slightly past his best now so I, I think if I was having a bet um, I, I'm kicking myself I didn't have Claude Castle 8-1 if I'm being honest <clears throat> I might have a small nibble at Aso and I might have a look in the morning and see if anyone's doing uh, trying to take Clondor Castle on and, and get maybe 15-2 7-1 and, and have an each way bet on Clondor Castle very interesting, fascinating race. Looking forward to that one at 2.50 on Thursday. Uh, the Betway Entry Hurdle, a grade one over two and a half, is next at 3.25. Um, you might want to do a bit more on this, uh, Paul, but I, I, I can't see past the Irish challenger here, Jason the Militant. I think there are so many question marks surrounding so many of the other uh, horses in the race. Uh, Denise Foster or Gordon Elliott, if you prefer, obviously Saddles, Abacadabras uh, and Paul Nichols. Saddles McFabulous, which has been a real talking horse this season without actually uh, talking the talk, if you like. But Jason the Militant coming good at the right time for me. Rachel Blackmore in the saddle. And uh, it's a bit of a boring tip because it's going to go off favourite. But Jason the Militant for me, what's the alternative? No, I think Jason Militant's got a, a strong chance, actually. Um, I, th- I think you're barking up the right tree there. The one I thought, um, and, and I'll probably kick myself for saying this again, um, but I think Boover Dare is overpriced. Um, 
I was I actually backed him stupidly, and and I was kicking myself after this. I put him in a treble, short price treble, the day that he was beaten uh, last time out by Navajo Pass. Um, and it was the last leg of the treble, and I, I thought, why are you doing this? You know the horse isn't fit. I just thought he had a class angle and would and would bolt up. Anyway, it didn't happen. I don't think that race was a complete disaster. I think there were signs of life there. And this is a horse who is a class act. He's won this race before. Um, this is not a strong renewal of the race, I don't think. You know, Abracadabras has fallen last time out um, in the champion hurdle and is vying for favouritism here. I think that's a bit dodgy. Um, as you say, Jason the Militant's got a strong chance. McFabulous flattered to deceive. Um, I just thought... Boverdeer's now drifted out to 12 to 1 in a couple of places. Um, you can get four places as well with, with uh, Paddy and, and Betfair at 10 to 1. I thought that it might be worth it. One last go, and I promise if he, if he lets me down again, <laughs> I won't be backing him. But I just thought his back class is there for all to see. He's a champion hurdle, dual champion hurdle winner. Nicky wouldn't be running him if he wasn't if he wasn't fit and well. And I think he'll have come on for that run, which last time out he'd been off the track for 420 days before that run at Haydock. Um So I think he was entitled to maybe disappoint us slightly that day. And I think if he can come on for that and, and get back to something, it doesn't even need to get back to his best, just something close to his best, and uh, it'll be this lot easy, I think. Fascinating. Now, uh, I remember when we did the podcast for Cheltenham, Paul, you were very keen on On the Slopes, uh, it's, it ran a very good race, I have to say. I think it finished fourth, or was it third? Uh, no, fourth. Yeah, yeah, it was fourth. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and I think it runs in the well. It does run definitely in the Red Rum Handicap Chase at four forty Thursday. Yeah, and you, you've you've spotted me. I'm, I'm becoming quite predictable, but uh, I think on the slopes got a decent chance again. He'd be he'd be the one I'm interested in for this. Um, I I don't I don't tend to follow horses off a cliff, but if I think one's um, fairly well handicapped and, and it's a sort of it nearly does the business as uh, as on the slopes did you know I mean I'd backed him at 20 to 1 and he, he got me each way money so it was a it was a decent return yeah. uh, this isn't as strong a race um, all the same points that I made that day I think are still true I think he's reasonably handicapped horse uh, I think the the sharper quicker two miles here um, shouldn't be an issue for him he's a, he's a two mile specialist um, and I think he's got he's got a pretty strong chance. He doesn't have have to worry about him, this old adversary Sky Pirate, or uh, the Irish Challenge. Um, and I think he I think he'll run a really good race. Yeah, on the slopes, no doubt, no doubt about his chances there. Uh, the the one I like in that race, Paul, is uh, Grey Diamond, which is trained mm-hmm. by Sam Thomas, Denman's jockey, of course. Uh, just getting his training career going. Sam Twiston Davis's chum is going to be in the saddle. I thought eight nine to one. This is excellent uh, value for this race. Right end of the handicap, and I thought he I thought he ran very well to win at Sandown last time. And I don't think he'd be inconvenienced at all if the ground got just a little bit quicker as the day went on. So Grey Diamond for me in the uh, Red Rum at four forty on the slopes for Paul. Now unless unless you have developed an expertise for the Fox Hunters, Paul, I'm just going to tell you that some man is going to win that for Barry O'Neill, the Irish-trained some man, number 21. That's interesting. That's it. That's the one that I sort of half-picked out with, with not too much confidence. <laughs> so that's all right. I'll run behind you on that one, Jim. Yeah. Yep. Good stuff. Well, we're both siding with some man. I think I think it's got an excellent chance and it has been laid out for this race. Uh, one, of, one of very... I wouldn't call it an ordinary hunter's chase at Down Royal, but it was a, it was a still a good performance. And he looks as if 
he's, he's a bit nippy. He looks he looks quite quick. And I think sometimes two and three quarter miles round the entry, despite the big fences, you have to have a bit of pace. And I think some man's got that. And I think one or two of the, the older hunter chasers here, like Samitigal uh, from Paul Nichols' yard, uh, which is a shorter price, incidentally, I think they can just look a little bit slow over three and a half miles. So I'm not sure how quick they're going to look over two and three quarters. So some man is the one for us in the Fox Hunters at 4.05 on Thursday. Now we're going to move on to Friday's card. And uh, Friday gets underway with uh, a novices hurdle. Uh, no, it doesn't get underway. It gets underway with a handicap, which I'll come back to in a minute. But the, the second race is one of the features, the Betway top novices hurdle over two miles. And uh, some interesting runners here, Paul. Which one? Which one have you come down on the side of? Um, yeah, I was waiting for the uh, the sort of final declarations to, to come in for this today. Um, and Dussart is the one I think that, that had the strong, obvious chance. He's ended up being yeah. favourite. Um, uh, and is it one that I want to go crazy at? Sort of best price nine to four. Probably not. Um, probably not. At that price, but I think he is the one that's that looks like he's been laid out for the race. He's only had uh, he's only had the one run. <clears throat> they beat Soaring Glory in that race, and Soaring Glory then went on to run uh, particularly well next time out. So I think the form seems to stack up. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think I want to be steaming in at the current prices. Interesting runners, Belfast Banter, um, who, who listeners will probably remember won uh, one of the handicaps at the festival um, and ran and ran pretty well. Interesting to see how he runs stepped up um, from the, the county hurdle into this um, into this sort of grade one level. Um, he's a, a sort of backable each way price if people fancy taking the, the children form and applying it here. I, I, I'm not going to do that. I think um, I've made that mistake in the past of trying to um, or, or expecting horses to run to the same level again um, from Cheltenham going into entry. And I don't think there's enough of a gap between the two uh, meetings for that always to be the case and a lot of horses peak at Cheltenham um, so I, I won't be doing that myself but it's, it's an interesting one to see how it pans out Yeah, the, the one that interests me here Paul is third time lucky trained by Dan Skelton ridden by Harry of course has been jumping about between novice hurdles and handicaps ran in a handicap at Cheltenham I thought ran very well uh, in the handicap at Cheltenham last time out I don't think he'll be at all inconvenienced going back to novice's company even though it is grade one uh, I think third time lucky is going to run a big, big race there for the Skeltons. And that leads me on nicely to the very next race, which is the Mild May Novices Chase over three miles and a furlong. Another grade one. What another fantastic day's racing we've got on Friday. And the one I fancy here, knock me down, if you will, is <laughs> Shan Blue, trained by Dan Skelton, ridden by Harry. I thought the whole experience at Cheltenham went to Harry's head with this horse last time out. He raced off in front when he thought he had a chance of winning. The horse collapsed in a heap. I think back over the flat mild may track tomorrow, over three miles, eh, sorry, Friday, he's got a fantastic chance. Shan Blue for me in the mild may at 2.50 on Friday. What do you think? Yeah, I wouldn't put you off, Shan Blue. I completely agree with your assessment there of, of what happened at Cheltenham. He's gone far too fast, as you say, get carried away. Um, and yes, yeah, it's it's a long old slog. Um, and when you do that in any race, never mind at Cheltenham, this track will probably suit better 
Um, he's a cracking jumper of a fence if he gets into a rhythm. Uh, I think the others will struggle. Um, Chantry House ran really well at Cheltenham, um, but a, a bit too short on the betting here. So, no, I, 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 wouldn't, I, I didn't have a strong fancy in this, um, but you've almost got me convinced that Chandler is the way to go. <laughs> well, let's see if I can convince you in the Marsh Chase, the 325, because this was a horse I was quite derogatory about uh, in the Cheltenham podcast notebook. Uh, because I was never convinced that Rachel Blackmore was the ideal jockey for this horse. Well, she's on the horse again, but on this occasion, I think track and trip are much more to his liking. Uh, Notebook, trained by Henry de Bromhead, has been quite a lot of money over the past 48 hours for this one. Uh, I think he has perfect conditions over a flat track, two and a half miles at entry. Uh, It is a grade one. Uh, I'm just not sure... It is grade one quality, and I think that's exactly what Notebook needs. He's a grade two horse, but he's in a poor grade one. I think he can win it. Notebook for me, trained by Henry de Bromhead, ridden by Rachel. Yeah, that, this is an interesting race um, in terms of the, the number of runners. There's eight in this, so you do have that each way angle if they all stand their ground. Um, which uh, I think opens itself up to something like a Notebook, um, you know, the form that De Bromhead's got them in just now, you just you wouldn't. I, I certainly wouldn't lay seven to one about Notebook. Um, so I, I think even doing a sort of snidey each way there, um, it's seven. I think that may be the sensible way to play it. Politologues an admirable horse, um, and and he's got his um, he's got his Grade One form, but he hasn't. He's never been top top class. He would be the, the sort of the obvious uh, contender, and it looks like he'll go off favourite. But uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure I would trust them to get the job done. So, Notebook seems as, as, as good a choice as any as an alternative, and I think that's a very fair price and might even go off shorter than that once, uh, once the public get, get stuck into it um, sort of Thursday night, Friday morning. The next race is the Topham. Uh, this will be the last race over the national fences before they repair them uh, ahead of Saturday's big one at 5.15. It's run at 4.05 on Friday. Now, this is the biggest price selection I'm going to mention in this whole podcast it's trained by Liam Cusack in Ireland. It's ridden by the absolutely crack amateur Derek O'Connor. It's called Snugsborough Hall. And the last time I looked, you could freely get 33 to 1. I think this horse has got an absolutely fantastic chance. It ran a blinder in a handicap chase at Leperstown in March when it finished 7 to 14 uh, in what I thought was quite a decent handicap. Uh, before that, it ran 7th of 20 and a handicap hurdle between behind Master McShee. I think this horse has been trained especially for the race. Liam Cusack, he ran another Snugsborough, Snugsborough Benny in the Irish National on Monday. Wasn't disgraced at all at 80 to 1. Uh, he also had a third place runner at Fairy House on Saturday. Uh, this horse is coming over with one of the best jockeys in Ireland to come and ride it, Derek O'Connor. And I think 33 to 1 each way, paying 1, 2, 3, 4. If you look around, you'll probably get 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Snugsborough Hall for me. What do you reckon? You make a, you make a convincing case. Um, what Snugsborough Hall wasn't one that was on my radar, but uh, I'm going to have a wee look at him now. Because, uh, yeah, you're, you're certainly, you've certainly got me convinced. And trainer form sounds like it's pretty pretty good as well. I did watch the, the Irish National um, on Monday in Snugsborough, but I did certainly on route outrun his price um, so yeah every chance for that one um, I've got one that uh, not quite as big a price but a reasonable price um, horses called Storm Control um, I actually had a had a bet on it each way 
at Cheltenham. And I, I know I've said not not less than five minutes ago that I, I try to avoid those that have run at Cheltenham. Um, but I just thought um, Storm Control has tried to win that race from the front uh, front running at Cheltenham. Um, over three and a quarter miles, it's a huge effort to try and win the Kim Muir. Um, and, and I thought it ran really, really admirably at a big price. I think it's still a, a reasonably well handicapped horse, and I think this trip will actually suit much better, um, and it's a much more um, it's a, a course that's much more suited um, to a, a horse that's going to be ridden prominently. Um, and I thought he jumps really, really well, Storm Control, and obviously that's essential over the uh, over the bigger fences here. Um, and I just thought he was a, a really big price um, for, for one to give you a good run for your money. You're getting twenty five to one. Um, six places with several bookies um, and he was the one I thought was was a, a decent shout and obviously was a, a tricky race and um, very quickly the, the other one that was on my radar at a big price as well so I wouldn't put people off backing both a horse called Ravenhill Road and um, trained by Sue Smith and Sue and Harvey know how to get their uh, get their horses jumping well obviously they, they won the Grand National with their orders on core and then I thought that Ravenhill Road ran really well last time out, um, back on good a good surface, which I think is probably what he wants. Um, and he hasn't been uh, hasn't been hammered in the in the weights. And I thought he he was another one that looked like a decent each way shout. He's twenty to one, so th- those would be my two against the field um, in, in yeah. a, a cracking race. Two very interesting uh, selections there from Paul. Uh, so keep an eye on those. Get those written down for Friday. Uh, the other race I wanted to deal with very, very briefly, Paul, because I know we want to press on, uh, is the uh, Sefton Novices Hurdle over three miles at 4.40 uh, on Friday. Just uh, a, a brief mention for this one. I thought it ran a fantastic race at Cheltenham. Uh, I think it's got a great chance on this flat track at Liverpool. And that's Streets of Doyen, uh, trained by John McConnell. Don't get too confused with Doyen Breed, which runs for Sandy Thompson. And is going to be among the 50 to 1, 40 to 1 outsiders. But Streets of Doyen is very strongly fancied for this. Simon Torrens, very highly rated young jockey in Ireland, is taking them out. And Streets of Doyen is the one I'm going to suggest for this. Have you got an alternative? I didn't. I found this race quite tough to get an angle into. Um, I wasn't sure. Um, I thought perhaps Oscar Elite, who had run quite well in the Albert Bartlett, um, and was, was probably. Um, in fact, just just ahead of, of Streets of Doyen, but I think it's it'll be difficult to replicate that form, and, and you know it wasn't a fantastically big price. So no, I, I don't have anything of any significance in this one. Okay, uh, let's have a look at the rest of the Saturday card. Um, I'm, I'm not particularly big on too much on Saturday away from the Grand National, but I thought the very interesting race was the Grade One Mersey Novices Hurdle over two and a half miles which features the Kelso winner, My Drogo. Have you had a look at that one? Yeah, I did. I'm in the same boat as you, Jim. I don't have too many on Saturday. I, I think um, I'll be waiting to see what the final declarations are for, for the sort of undercard on Saturday. Um, My Drogo was one that jumped out at me. I think that looks a really good race, actually. Um, to be fair, uh, quite competitive. But I thought he was a worthy favourite, and it's probably the one that I would come down on. I see there's been a bit of support in the market for him. He's now into two to one across the board. Um, but he, you know, I'm really interested to see how he runs. They've they've clearly decided to uh, to avoid Cheltenham for whatever reason, um, and he's run up a nice sweet sequence three in a row. And and I was really impressed with him that day at Kelso. So I, I think he could be one for the future. 
Okay, well, let's get to our charity bets, Paul, because uh, thanks to who knows when, uh, we have some charity bets to see what we can raise for the mixed Mr. Fix-It charities. Uh, I am going to go for one I haven't mentioned yet. Uh, it's on Friday. It's in the first race. It's in a handicap. Robbie Power is doing an extremely lightweight for Colin Tizard on Amarillo Sky. Uh, this is a horse which, uh, like the Tizard team, has been slow to come to hand this season, but very, very nicely handicapped as a result. Robbie Power in the saddle, and I think that's going to go off about 8 or 9 to 1, and that is my charity bet for this podcast. Amarillo Sky in the first at entry on Friday. What are you going to go for, Paul? It's tough. It really is. I was wondering whether I should go for a, sh- a relative sort of good thing in inverted commas as, as a sort of shorty um, <clears throat> to try and get some cash in for the charity. But I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll swing um, I'll swing at one at a big price again. I think Storm Control's um, all set for a really big race in the top of um, and we're getting 25 to 1. So let's say uh, Let's put the 25 quid free bet on Storm Control. And that's also on the Friday, the 405 at the top of them at 25 to 1 Storm Control. Absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Paul, thank you very much indeed. It's been uh, terrific chatting through the three days at entry here on the Gambler podcast. Thanks very much to the voice of value, Paul Gallagher. I've been Jim Delahunt. Thanks to Who Knows When for partnering with us on this Grand National podcast. Speak to you next time. Bye-bye.